Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. We are your cultural media recommendation podcast, giving you our take on what we think is worth carving your time out for, and also what we think you can pass on and maybe go cut that lawn instead. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to episode 21 for... September 30th, 2018. My name is Ron Ergens Jr. And I'm here with my co-hosts. Tony Carter. And Valerie Vidmar. Hello and welcome. How is everybody enjoying the first few days of fall? I love it. I'm freezing. I mean, it's cold. <laughs> it's cold, but I love yeah, the was... trees are changing and I, you know, I start my really annoying mom thing. What really at, annoying You know, it was like I'm driving. Oh my gosh, look at those trees. Look at those trees. Oh. We're walking. Look how gorgeous this tree is. Like we're at a soccer game. Look how beautiful she's. She's in the soccer game. It's green field, but look, she's surrounded by these trees in Ellison. And I love the fact that there are so many different types of trees here. I mean, I grew up with no trees. I do enjoy the color. I don't enjoy the cold. Um, this is Jason and my favorite. We named Harper Harper Autumn. This is our favorite from. Autumn. The season. The season. My favorite oh, too. Her, her middle name. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Harper Autumn. So, uh, yeah, we love this season. And it's fun because Kendra, it, this is her first time to be here during Halloween, which is our, that's our thing, um, to spend Halloween the entire season of Autumn in Rochester. That's going to be really cool for her. So that'll be fun. My niece who's living with me, by the way. You're wondering who she is. I think they know who Kendra is. She's been if people are just listening just for today, if this oh, okay. is their first one. If you haven't, go back and listen to a couple episodes. Kendra's been on. She's been fun. What have you been up to? Personally, I've been doing my um, goalie workout. So that's been, I finished a couple weeks ago the butterfly challenge. And now I'm on to the actual physical like stretching and mobility acceleration stuff. So are you sore? A little bit, yeah. It's a little achy, achy, not like sore ache, but like, you know, that your body is doing things that... Butterfly it's, challenge? It's goalies do butterflies. Like when they drop their drop on their knees, that's oh, a butterfly. got it. So I've been doing that a lot, getting myself... Uh, my trainer doesn't want me getting a pulled groin muscle because that would right. be horrible. So she's trying to prevent that. So protecting the hips, the spine, and the head. That's her method. Did you do much training or anything before? I played goalie studying. eight years ago. So I mean like before? with like... Any exercising or whatsoever? No. So you you're oh. in the ice rust, the phase. typical well, the rusty days, but the typical twenty one days to get used to the aches and sores zone. And I have until February, so that's a win win for me. I start officially preparing and training in February, but now I'm getting my body into that mentality of training and being in shape and exercising more because I don't want to pull a muscle training for twelve weeks either. So. The best I can do now is just getting my body in shape, eating healthier, which means I'm eating a lot more protein, a lot of carbs, and eating game-ready stuff. So Good for you. It won't be a shock to my system. It's exciting. My wife says I'm eating out the house, but 
It's weird because I you, you I, don't look different. I have a fast metabolism, so I burn very quickly. So I have to eat about six thousand calories a day, and then I burn about half of that just you know by thinking, being, and yes, being, sitting around. So it's gonna be fun. It's exciting, and my daughter's gonna be learning how to ice skate officially probably next month. She's afraid of her feet sliding from under her. That's natural, but I think it's cool to have you know your children see that you take up things later in life. And I mean, yeah. I know you're not later, but. I want to try see me new doing things. things. I want to see me doing things. I want my son to see me doing things too. And, you know, I'm not going to be young forever. So I might as well try and play goalie as long as I can. And, That's another uh, message from the universe. Sorry. I'm having that? lots of messages from the universe. Go ahead. What did you do this week? Well, what did I do this week? Um, what didn't I do this week? Um, I think I did the wedding right before our past show. You mm-hmm. did. So. And Kendra knows them. Oh, she knows Jimmy and Maureen? Yeah. Probably Rappa. Yeah, she acted with them. Yeah, I mean, that, was, that would be my thinking was probably Rappa. Um, so yeah, I was uh, wrapping up the editing on that. That was a, a task in itself. Uh, Mary Ground had their last show of the season, so I was down uh, photographing for them. Um, what else was this week? Uh, doing some stuff for some Blackfriars for Rocky Horror Picture Show. More cool. little things that are going to be a surprise for the audience. And then mm. doing a little bit more uh, work on the adventure van, getting it ready for its first official trip um, this upcoming week. I'm down to Oil Creek in Titusville. Are you so a Rocky person? I really could care. Okay. Don't care one way or another with it. Okay. So the surprise for the audience, do you think they'll be cool? It's just, it's, I say it's a surprise. It's more of the, the concept of what they're going for and how they're telling it. Cool. I'm excited. Kendra's yeah. doing that. She's the associate or the ASM. Mm. Oh, for Rocky? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Enjoy it. I'll see her then. Yeah. I yeah. want to go sit next to her, but I don't think I'm allowed then. So. Oh, no. She'll be, she'll be backstage I know, I during still, the show. I just, I just want to go with her to practices oh. or whatever. Rehearsals. Not practices, rehearsals. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably, I'll run into her during video week, during tech week. Cool. And about yourself? Uh, as typical men, for some reason, nobody noticed that I cut my hair off. No, I said nice hair, yeah. and you completely ignored it. And so yeah. I said she didn't want attention to it. Right. Oh, I didn't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I cut my hair off. You cut the hair, but you also accented it. I did. I put, uh, I don't know, aquamarine or green or blue. I don't know. Aquamarine. I have aquamarine streak into it, uh, but it's completely cut off in the back so typical woman she didn't even comment my hair right <laughs> my hair is gone well i know i noticed that you had a haircut i guess yeah, for me that's a lot of hair <laughs> see i was just throwing it back yeah, yeah. okay so. <laughs> i guess for men okay. like when it's not like down to here and then goes up my hair was pretty shaggy for me for somebody who usually keeps their hair shaved well it looks nice you're so sweet. Um, so sweet. And Anthony, your hair looks impeccable as ever. <laughs> I'm shaving it all off soon. So, um, Hi. I don't like sweating. It, yeah, oh. My face breaks out, but also I just need my hair shaving off and I feel better with my face breathes. Okay. So I, that's, I mean, I, uh, I did that and I um, had my first week of, um, not my first week, but came back. Uh, we had a trip to Cleveland last weekend and then... Uh, What'd you do in Cleveland? 
Cleveland Rocks. Just visited family. Mm. It was very quick. It was less than 24 hours. Wow. Um, And then Jason had been, I mean, like he was in Ireland and then he, like he was oh, all were over Jason's the family? Yeah. Okay. So all over the place and then we went there and then we came back and then he had to go back. Like he drove back with us and then the next day he drove back to go to um, an appointment for his grandmother and then I w- and they came to, to work of course and then the girls went to school and I was tired and alone and um, for women who um, took time off from work to raise their children and then uh, your last child goes to kindergarten and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do you can get into some pretty dark areas so Tuesday was pretty dark um, but I bounced back. Um, and I've been doing crossword puzzles. <laughs> crossword puzzles have been really kind of, why don't you write? Okay. That's the other part that was part of the darkness <laughs> is that I couldn't write, mm. which is ridiculous. So. No, we still need to sit down and talk about some things. Yeah. I just. I'm, Hopefully give you some options to. I'm struggling. I did get some, you know, some good inspirational things lately but other than that i yeah i'm struggling with the writing i i'm sick of struggling with the writing we'll talk about it uh other than that getting my hair chopped off and my husband was just uh wow (laughs) Um, it's a significant portion of hair zoe said she loved it harper said who are you and um kendra loved it I just figured I don't look, I don't feel the same. So I just, women deal with their hair when they're going through something. And so, yeah, I just cut it all off and changed everything about it so that I could look different. But moving on, that's kind of what, uh, say, the psychology of women sometimes. So you mentioned Halloween is one of your favorite times. What do you do for Halloween? Well, we decorate the hell out of our house. It's ridiculous. Like and scary t- hell or folly hell? Scary. Mm. Um, fall, some scary. Today, actually, Kendra's take. there's a huge sale at Michael's. And so Kendra's taking the girls to Michael's. We're getting more Halloween stuff. I have about five bins, huge bins of Halloween things that I put up in the house. So we're going to decorate and then... Uh, so, I don't know. And it's also Harper's birthday coming up on the 20th. So, we kind of in, have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with Jason gone and everything, it's just kind of in. I just, I'm glad the fall is here and the trees will change and I will get to see some fall foliage. And so, it makes me feel good. I always go out to Bristol Mountain. Like, we, I, I always, we went last year. To Bristol Mountain and did the, uh, all we did was the lift. And it was beautiful. Have you done it? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, so you, you love this time of year. And like I said, I, I just ends up being one of my, it just as it gets colder, gets into winter and then my seasonal depression starts kicking Dude, in. Oh. I, I hear you. Me and winter and not I got good. all so of us. I as soon as things start diving. Nod. Seasonal affective disorder. It's a real, a real thing. 
I have a lot of friends who have it. So that's bizarre. Um, we're supposed to get the lamps. I've never had a lamp. My sister-in-law has one. I, I, my friend has one, and she says it works for her. I have been taking vitamin D every day, and they said that will really help you. Um, but it doesn't help when I step outside and I see darkness. death and darkness everywhere. <laughs> wow. And coldness. You know, that, yeah, we're all going to have to be like riding yeah. each other and trying to keep each other out. And then for me, I have major migraine issues. And so like walking I'm outside, I'm always in sunglasses because the bright sun off of the I've only had one and I can't imagine having more than one. You have them too? I wear sunglasses all year round because I have perfect color, so I see everything, and this helps bring everything in, so I don't get distracted by everything. Have, but also, what does that mean? It means I can see the true hue of color and something, and it drives my brain crazy trying to figure out what. Hue I is just want to be in his brain for it, a day. It's just, I do. It I mean, me nuts. do do you really? I really do. <laughs> I want to see perfect color, and I, I, want I wish to, that nobody would ever have to be in my brain for I a day. I don't want anybody to be in my <laughs> brain, but I just like having all the ideas and having all the writing and having all that stuff and it's kind of well it's okay but it's also troubling so i can i, I wear know. those to dial it back a little bit so all right okay moving on so moving on uh we'll talk a little about the news today uh, a couple of our recommendations of the week we are going to talk about the nun predator and maniac and then we're going to roll into today's stew is there any point to sex scenes in movies? Um, and some of the media that's going to revolve around is shame, moonlight, blue is the warmest color, and monsters ball. So first up, let's go on to the news. What's up in the news? Well, I put down that uh, Waking Phoenix has been on the internet a lot these past couple of weeks or days. I it feels like forever. Um, they've been dropping. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like twenty-four hours. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I made track of mine. Um, they've been dropping a lot of scenes of Joaquin as Joker on the internet. I've only, seen, I've only seen the one footage, and the other one was a photo. I've seen him in a. There's one with music. Music. It's beautiful. Teaser trailer. Kind of, kind of cool. But they have the one that he he's sitting there standing, and it flashes the clown. Saw that one. There's one where he's walking down a street with a clown following him, and he throws the ball, and he's smoking. Yeah, and, that's weird. And there's I one, didn't see that that's one. That's boring. Yeah, and there's also one where he's getting out of a subway car. And there's a whole bunch of other clowns around him. So these little mm. sneak peeks, say? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we call them sneak peeks, but, I mean, Todd Phillips was just saying they were just test footage. Mm. So mm. we don't know what it actually is or not. But. Could be garnering audience reaction. I don't know. But it's kind of creepy. I mean, Joaquin playing Joker is a different Joker. We've had how many so far? I mean, Nicholson. Well, no, sorry. Caesar, mm-hmm. Nicholson, Heath. Hamill. Hamill. That's a good one. He's a good Joker, too. But um, Who's Hamill? Mark Hamill on the animated. Oh, right. Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker. They should have had him play Joker. It would have been amazing. He had the voice. He can just get the look a little bit, and it'd be great. Well, it's interesting. Um, in the DC universe, Hamill actually plays a Joker-esque type character in the DC universe. Um, mm. I can't remember his name right now, but he played it on the original Flash, the series. And then when the new Flash came around, he played it on the new Flash as well. And so Mark Hamill's appeared on both of them, but he's mm. played the same character. Speaking mm. so. of... Um evil characters in DC I don't watch the news I just don't and I had three people ask me 
Did you say evil characters in DC? No, yeah. (laughs) Um, What did you think about Christine Ford's testimony? And I had no idea. I mean, I kind of, I I sort of, I don't know. My mother said something to me about it. So I went and I sat down and watched it. And then I watched a little bit more of uh, some of the reactions. And then I was watching some live footage. And I... It actually threw me into a total panic attack. Like I felt it coming up my throat and I just thought, I can't watch this. And I, it's uh, disturbing and upsetting and, and I, I understand that there's, there's, there's both sides, but um, it's hard out there right now. It's, it's a hard world right now. And that, that whole thing is just really yeah, it kind of took over it's the, the news cycle big time for the last three days. Yeah, it's just it kind of went into overdrive there. Extremely hard, but um, and I mean, we could sit here and I'm not a very good pol- political person to talk about this kind of stuff. I know um, I there know. are some really good podcasts out there that actually deal with this, um, not only from like a political perspective, but also from a like a judicial and that type of perspective. Um, so like a couple of ones I listen to is like Pod Save the World or Pod Save America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by a couple of the writers uh, or the speech writers that I've, used to work for Obama. I've heard that, that, that that's excellent. Um, and they're, I've enjoy it. I love their perspective. And then the other one that I've really enjoyed is um, Stay Tuned with Preet. Preet Bharara used to be the district attorney of New York, mm. I think. Um, before Trump let him go, like right at the beginning of um, his career. And he decided to go on and start a, a podcast and he brings on political minds and people that are in the justice system and gets their inner intake. And it's really interesting, like where they breathe the line of like, this is what the law states. This is where the law has limits as to what you can do in this type of situation. So they go through and they get all these different. So like this week, I think there's three or four podcasts alone that all dealt with everything that just went on. I had a friend, I told her that I was struggling with it. I said, I can't, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be ignorant and I don't want, if there's something I can do to help, please just let me know, but I can't watch it. And so she sent me the daily show clips. She said, um, this is easier for you. So why don't you watch the daily show or, um, what's his bucket? With the glasses. Uh, Colbert. 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 Yeah. Um, or watch Colbert so that you can laugh. I know real I, I understand that they are left leaning um shows. So I am not I'm aware of that. It's just but that is easier for me to get the fact It's get, been my experience over the last couple of years that morality tends to lean to the left. I was I was a diehard Republican conservative growing up and I've completely just you know, That's a lot of things have changed. Jason, it was that way too. And uh, I don't know. I you say my eyes got opened up, or is more just like I progressed as a human being is more of how I feel. I've kind of the first gone it. That's good. I mean, I think it's. I think J- Jason never voted until he started dating me, so his first vote was uh, cast for Obama. Hope you don't mind, honey, that I said that. Um, it's not like your family didn't know. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I'll leave it with, I believe her and I'll move on with that. 
Um, so other less important news. News. Um, there was a picture of Tom Hanks that came out this week with Mr. Rogers. Tom Hanks is going to be playing Mr. Rogers. I don't know in how I feel about Olympic. that. I mean, he's playing a lot of. How how can you not feel good about that? It's I mean, Tom I, Hanks. I feel good. I feel good about it. I and mean, he looks great. It's just Tom is doing all these biopics now. It's just kind of like, who can't you play now, Tom? I mean, you're this is not in danger, but that's an inside joke for myself. Um, it should be good. He looks good. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking well. at the picture now. Hmm. Works. It was a quizzical hmm followed by a conf- confirmational hmm. Yeah, I think um, if he can really, I went to go see that documentary, of course, and then mm-hmm. uh, if he can really. That's on for rental now. Yeah. Uh, if he can really kind of um, embody him, that would, that would be fantastic. I think he's going to be hard to embody. I didn't like him playing Walt Disney. That's where I have my little pause. Tom playing Walt, you know, was kind of too much for me. The uh, Mary Poppins film where it's talking about Walt Disney and how he got the rights to Mary Poppins. And that didn't sell for me. It didn't ring true. It felt a little too much. But Tom is generally gentle. So I can see this actually maybe working out for him. Because Walt wasn't really a nice, gentle guy. He was kind of really, you know bold and big and kind of I'm not going to say crude but just mm-hmm. he had his in his mind what he wanted and his vision and he went to any length to get what he wanted and Tom just felt very interesting movie for that. Yeah. it's interesting to me because I our nursery is Mary Poppins <laughs> still is <laughs> um, anyway uh, does anybody else have any news <clears throat> I'm sorry I um, haven't really been in it this week oh, <clears throat> oh man this weather change is getting to me. Sorry about that. Um, Netflix has a new documentary coming out, an Orson Welles documentary. Oh, really? On his last film that was never made um, called uh, They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. So I'm really looking forward to it. It revolves around him and the guy that he basically told, when I'm dead, you need to finish this movie. And it never got finished. And, well, they are almost finished with it. And it's actually going to be released Wendy how did you find that out it was a trailer on Friday at some time yes and I'm also Orson Welles is probably about my favorite director of all time I love I mean, his work <laughs> okay sorry I just 1941 he puts this he writes directs this and he's what was he 20 he was like for um, um you're talking Citizen about Citizen Kane, Kane. yeah, yeah. So in 1941, I think I believe he was a he was in his early 20s, and I remember feeling like such a loser. Yeah, I think he was 25. Uh, I think I used to know. I used to know like like yeah. that, but um, and he and plays he's the, the young one, man and he plays the old man. He's actually the one that came up with the long. Is that uh, the wide shot, long shot? Um, somebody tell me where he has. He came up with several different moving shots. He did the... The one with the little boy that's playing outside in the snow and you come in... Tracking? No, it's a... Um, and everything is in focus? Yeah. The the name of the type of shot is out, escaping me right now. But it's he was the first one to use it. Yeah, he did that. And then the other big one that he was famous for was the um, continuity shot. So it's an yes. unbroken shot and the um, yes. uh, evil, touch of evil, the opening scene. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first ones to use that and use it effectively. 
So. It's so weird because when I was growing up, Orson Welles would look completely different, but so did a lot of actors that, you know, back in the day, I mean, it, you know, I wonder how my girls are going to see, you know, people that we thought are young. They're old now to them. It's 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 really interesting to see nice the, matura- the maturation of um, Orson Welles. Didn't he do some type of show? Like, or he did it a... He was, I just, I remember him in a beard and he was in black and he was, didn't he do something like a commercial for something? Mm, can't remember. Anyway, but that's what I'm I just, I'm more intrigued by the, the documentary because the, the basis of the movie was basically a, a director that was shunned, a world-class director that was shunned by Hollywood and all Did this. They, and he so, declared over and over that it wasn't a self-documentary about himself. And so it'll just be, it's. Do they have somebody playing him? Or no, no they this don't. is actual footage. Oh. Yeah, it's a full on documentary. When does that come out? I don't know. It's sometime before the end of the year, probably. Well that's exciting. It's Netflix, so thanks for you. that for that. That's exciting. Um and I don't know if we had this news before we left last time, but Daredevil will be We did have that news. October sixteenth. But okay. it's always I good. think we had a teaser, but I don't think we had a date. Yes. Yes. So the date came out, I think, the dip morning after, because um, they had the uh, thing. Um, but, but, but what else we got here? We got X-Men dropped Dark Phoenix's trailer. Pfft, that's not the news. That's trailer. Captain Sorry. Marvel. That's not, yeah, yeah. That was the trailer of all trailers that has come out in the last two weeks. Dark Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I mean, I had to be nice. Oh, guys, to be my nice. gosh, Kendra will kill you. What? She totally flipped out about the dark figment. Nah, I, I cannot wait until everything's finalized and it's all moved over to the full MCU because they really need to just. I will admit back that I thought that, that it was. I don't even know why it needs to be made, but it's boring. But it's just my opinion. It's I don't know why boring. it needs to be made. But, uh. the, the stuff that are the, the FX or the Fox properties that are going through the X Men stuff right now are just in like la la land. I mean, there's the New Mutants has just been delayed. They release the trailer for Dark Phoenix and then delay it four months. Right. Right. No, that makes no sense. But we're going to skip that. Captain right? Marvel was the movie. It was. It was, it was. I think that was the morning after or two mornings after we released the or we did the podcast. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't get to watch that one yet. With Brie Larson. I, I mean, I haven't seen the um, trailer yet. Oh, sorry. Man. I mean, I could watch it right now. But. No, no, no. I, I'm excited. It's everything I, I hope it would look like. And seeing Nick Fury with eyes. two good eyes and, you know, a touch of 80s and 90s nostalgia in pretty much everything. And then, Blockbuster made me cry. <laughs> blockbuster, yeah. I missed it so much. <laughs> they, had, they had to throw in the little Blockbuster as to like, okay, this is retro. And then you get the Ronan the Accuser mm. and a couple of the other guys in there. So it looks looks good, looks fun. Uh, what else we got? Creed dropped, but I'm not really excited about it. It just I have to mention it because I grew up watching Rocky, but not the yeah. I stopped watching it at the uh, Rocky three. After that, it stopped making sense. But um, yeah, no wait, Rocky four, Russia versus America. That's the one I after that I stopped watching because he came home and there's a time wait, loop. Stop. You haven't seen the new Creed? I have. Okay, I'm saying Rocky in general. Because he, okay, let me backtrack this. 
I lost faith in Stallone after he made the last Rocky with him in it and Tommy and him fighting in the street. That whole thing, the made-for-TV like movie. No, 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 no. That wasn't the last Rocky. Not the last Rocky, but it's the one I stopped watching. And then I saw Creed. And like the best, the second best Rocky outside of the first Rocky was the last Rocky that he did. That was actually a really good Rocky. You mean the one where he came out? Not the. It was newest just one. called Rocky, I think. Not that one. I'm talking about the one before that one. It was right before Creed. The one where he comes back. Right, right, right. But you're saying you stop, stop having no, faith in him. But you know what I mean. <laughs> There's been two movies after I that. I know. What I'm saying is that when he made the film where he came back from Russia and his son was so much older and he was fighting in the street, that's when I said, okay, you're just cash cowing. And then I was able to watch it, the recent ones, and they're fine because he kind of matured and grew up a little bit and wasn't seeking money. And then we have Creed 2, which is basically a rehash of Apollo and Drago, and I don't know how I feel about it. I wish we had go in a different direction. And I'm going to watch it because I'm going to. It's just... I'm still intrigued. Congler's still involved. Michael B. Jordan's still involved. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone's just a side piece. Right. I just... It's just, I feel like... No, I'm not going to... I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. It's just... I'll, I'll wait and see. It's, it looks good. It's just... I felt like we're just recycling property that are, has already been established. And it's for a new generation, I guess. And we'll see what happens. Well, that's what happens with... Hollywood. And franchises in general. Now it's what happens with stories in general. Stories get recycled. True. There's not any regular stories there. Even though it's a generalization, but it's true. We'll just see what happens. I'm excited for the film. I just wish we weren't doing the Russian angle again. But And the other one that I'm really excited for is, I've been really excited for Robert Downey Jr. And um, uh, what's his name? Oh, I'm going to screw this up. Robert Downey Jr. and what's his name? Sherlock Holmes. Oh, you mean uh, uh, Jude Law? Jude Law uh, to make their return. Still going to have to wait a little bit longer, but in the meantime, we're getting a Holmes and Watson that has <laughs> John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. That's just a complete comedy. Um, it, the trailer dropped. It had a couple of moments in it that I thought were kind of funny. And I, for some reason, I couldn't stop laughing as they go to do a selfie. Right. And he takes the vintage tripod camera and holds it out like a selfie stick and takes a picture of him and the queen. And I'm just like, it's going to be so stupid, but I'll probably watch it just because it's I've funny. enjoyed their collaborations together. Talladega Nights was pretty funny. And, um, what was the other one? You're, um, running, not, that's not what it's called. It's just the one with the, I'm dropping in. <laughs> Sorry. I know that we're talking about? about which one is Step Brothers? Step Brothers. Yeah, yes. that oh, okay. was it. Um, I don't know. There's something about the two of them together on screen. It's just funny. They they make it work. So, uh, anything else? Uh, the Romanoffs. I went to go see. Uh, that was the one you were talking about last yes. show, right? Was yes. Oh, I'm sorry. No, keep going. It's fine. I haven't seen it. I went. Um, I was headed out of the theater to go get something, and then the Romanoffs comes up on the. On the screen, and it has uh, uh, Matthew Weiner talking. From Mad Men. From Ma- well, yes, Mad Men. There's lots of Mad Men character or um, actors in the shows, and each episode is different. And I was so I just stopped in my track. What do you mean just, each episode is different? Because he has different episodes um, about the the Romanovs, and but he they're each different, like completely different. So they're not 
They don't follow. Same characters or he's putting different characters in? Um, I'm not sure. Like you don't have different people playing different or the same characters? Um, I think they're different characters. Okay. I think you're completely in a different time, possibly. But uh, I s- stopped and was just very intrigued and then thought, yep, this is what I'm going to watch. But it's going to be on Amazon Prime, so I'm not sure. Speaking of Amazon Prime, I was going through looking to see what new stuff had dropped. King Lear just dropped with Anthony yes, Hopkins. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and it's set in the present. What's her name? What's her name? She was in... Uh, so I'm not a huge Shakespeare fan, but I'm a big Sir Anthony Hopkins fan. So I'll probably put that on my list to, to watch and see if I can make it through at least an episode. Emma Thompson's in it, yes. Wouldn't surprise me. I think she is. Emma Thompson. I saw her face. That's how I was trying to draw. But yeah, it's going to be good. Tony Hopkins is Lear. That does sound nice. Um, I started watching, well, it's it's old, I guess, because I didn't realize that there was a second season out. But The Sinner... With Jessica Beale. It sounds familiar. I haven't seen she, it by yourself. Um, Jessica Beale is. Uh, I always want to say I don't want to make sure. I. Who is the girl that is in Flashdance? The new Flashdance. No, the old one. Not Jessica Beale. I know that, <laughs> but her name is so similar that I always get screwed up, and I think, "Oh my gosh, am I saying the right thing?" Anyway, um, Justin Timberlake's. Um, Wife. Beautiful wife. And it's in this show, The Sinner, and I started watching it, and I'm hooked. Jennifer Beals is... See what I mean? That's kind of... That's weird. Okay, this is Jennifer Beals. Anyway, it's on Netflix, and I'm I'm hooked. I feel bad because I couldn't wait for Kendra, but I just started watching it and was watching it while I was putting my puzzle together until like one thirty in the morning. I don't know what I'm doing lately. I'm kind of off, obviously. Um, and uh, it's very intriguing. It's going to be, it's, it's a good mystery so far. So I'm, yeah, and then I finished my shows. So I finished Ozark and I finished Castle or Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I finished those. So, I was Castle Rock. I <laughs> did you finish it? No, I haven't even gotten. Oh, time. dude, there hasn't been enough time in the week. Okay, because it's like uh, I finished Ozark, but I think that wraps up our news, right? I yeah. Think so. Okay, so let's move right into the recommendation list. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So I finished up Ozark end of last week. Cast Rock is still on the, the plan to finish. It's more of like I can like finish up one show a week right now. Be clear-headed because you'll get confused. <laughs> Be clear-headed. Uh, speaking of being clear-headed, so the movie that I went and saw over the last two weeks, even though I had like three in my queue that I wanted to go see, the only one I went and saw was The Predator, the new one by Shane Black. What an absolute piece of oh no mess i was expecting at least something a little bit better because shane black was involved um and his history of actually doing some decent action movies and you got um you know olivia munn is thrown in there um 
who else was in there? Boyd Holbrook. He was from uh, Narcos, and he was in Logan as the baddie in Logan. Uh, Jacob Rembley, the little kid from The Room? No, I'm not. That's something The Room. He was with Brie Larson. He was in that that's movie. That's called Room. The Room. room. Well, the room, room is the one with Tommy. <laughs> it's, just called, it's just called Room. Room. Okay. Uh, and then you got comedian Keegan Michael Key is in there, and Sterling Brown and Thomas Jane. We might remember him from The Punisher or Hung. Where is this falling in the Predator um, historical? Oh, it's line? continuation. It's a continuation. Everything in the Predator line has been pretty much a continuation. Okay, so um, we're moving as forward. whereas Aliens, you kind of jump around in timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Is it the same yeah. predator? I, wow. I, I don't mean to be. I, no, the the thing with the predators, they all advance upon each other. So, and they touch upon it in this. So they one of the reasons they take out the spine out of their victims is they tap into their DNA and they breed a better human. So their predators are always building upon each other. Jason loves predator. I have not seen predator. It's never been I don't a think. great fan- franchise. It's not been something that's like been phenomenal, but it's just been like yeah, it's one of like, those 80s movies that I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. was fun to watch. And when Mine I saw was. Shane when I saw Shane Black attached, I'm like, I got to go see this because he's got a good history of doing stuff. But man, there this the movie is all over the place. Hmm. I don't think it really knows what it wanted to be. It's kind of like half action movie, and then it wants to be a comedy, uh, not so much a comedy roast, but like a comedy stand-up routine for half the movie. You know, you have these scenes with Keegan-Michael Key and Thomas Jane that are just flat-out hilarious. I mean, I was rolling laughing because they're so hilarious, but then you're like, this is in the middle of a Predator (laughs) film. What is going on? And Thomas Jane play he's a guy with Tourette's and so he's just saying things that just completely inappropriate and he says a couple of these to Olivia Munn and if you know anything about Olivia Munn she never plays a character that isn't a very strong feminine feministic woman on screen you know from uh newsroom to uh I forgot the other other scene is she the one yeah she's the the newscaster that basically tells it flat out how it is all the time she like just and so she's the in, blonde or the dark-haired? She's the dark-haired. Okay, so she was also in um, Match by Woody Allen? Possibly. I don't watch Match Woody Point. Allen. Match Point. Yes. Wouldn't surprise me. But she basically, any character she usually is, she just tells it how it is. And there's a couple scenes where like Thomas Jane says something and she just turns right back at him and just completely digs into him. And really it's like just her. hilarious. But her character is so like, there's so much background that we're like... Were you, How, was where it did scary? she learn? No. <laughs> I'm like, you're not even talking about Predator itself. Because I have to deal with all the shit that the movie was first here. Um, so, like, you have, like, these unanswered, like, all of a sudden, Olivia Munn is running across this campus with a gun and knowing how to use it expertly. But she's a scientist that was, like, just kind of brought in. So you have, like, these weird crossovers of, like, okay, all of a sudden she's a superhero that knows how to do everything with a gun and do all this other stuff. And then 
you have my person who I picked for Captain Marvel like four years ago, Yvonne Stravinsky, is in this film as well as Boyd Holbrook's uh, wife, estranged wife. And she does nothing. She like she's just there. Um, and then Jacob Bremblay, there's a couple scenes where I just felt really uncomfortable and the kids got, um, not autumn Asperger's and you have it like one of the first scenes is him getting bullied and teased by two other teens. And they're talking about like, Oh, I've, I'm hungry for some Asperger. I'm just like, wow, this isn't really, really poor, poor taste. Um, and so that like happened throughout the movie. It's just like, wow, did we really just go there with this? And and then intermittently there's decent action scenes that are thrown in. There's just not a lot of cohesiveness to it. And then all of a sudden, like, the guy who's the main villain of the whole thing, all of a sudden he's killed in an instant, like, inexplicably. You're like, oh, well, hmm. that was unexpected. So in terms of writing, it was like, that was an interesting take. You weren't expecting that. And then it's just unbelievable stuff that has no basis in reality for the rest of the film. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just all over the place. If I was to actually grade this film, I probably wouldn't give it higher than a 25. And the 25 was only because if you could isolate the Keegan, Michael key and the Thomas Jane moments out of this movie, make it hilarious. Everything else is just like, okay, well, this wasn't supposed to be an action comedy, hmm. but that's where it is. The music is pretty forgettable. It's a bit of Henry Jackman, which kind of surprised me. So that's where I am with that movie. Okay. You gonna go? Want me to go? You go ahead. Okay, so we like horror movies in our home. So, except our children, of course. So uh, Kendra and Jason and I went to go see The Nun. Well, we were supposed to go see Hellfest. Jason originally wanted to see Hellfest. And then we changed it on him. I don't know how, I mean, I help us looked and I don't know. Anyway, so we went to go see the nun, which is uh, a, if you've seen the conjuring and the conjuring two, we, the nun shows up and, 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 and uh, we have the backstory of the nun and the nun itself, herself, is a terrifying uh, figure. The movie, the script, is is poor. Um, they kind of, in my, they show this woman who the nun is coming and they've let evil out in this uh, close, like in Romania. It's like some church in Romania, and she will take over a human body. And so to save herself or to save everyone, this uh, young nun um, hangs herself so that she can't enter her body. And because it's a, it's a sin to take your own life, <laughs> there is, uh, is going to be investigated. So they send a guy who investigates supposed to investigate miracles but he's out there and he takes along a she's not a nun she has not taken her vows yet and it's weird 
she he comes to get her because she is supposedly somebody who knows Romania and she's never been there before. Like he, she tells him, "I'm well, I've never been there before." It's it makes no sense to me. They're going to see if the if this is a holy place or an unholy place. Um, we find out in first twenty minutes it's unholy. You can leave now. I mean, it makes no sense why they stay. And insane things happen uh, where he's buried, like somebody's buried alive and they ring a bell. It's they have these bells all over the place and it's it's you you ring a bell oh, so yeah. that your spirit can come out or whatever. Um, well, that that's a what was that from the 1700s, 1800s when they would bury people, mm-hmm. they would bury it attached to their finger. Mm-hmm. Because when they would bury people, some people would actually be mm-hmm. alive when they're dead because they just would stop breathing or have such a low heart rate. Right. And so if they're in the coffin and they're ringing the bell, they know to go dig them up. Yeah. So she had to go dig him up. Maybe it was the plague. Maybe it was during, I think it might have been during the plague. But it had that whole feeling of something horrible has happened. So we're going to go get somebody. <clears throat> um, we're going to go to the Vatican and find somebody. Um, which was kind of reminding me of the exorcist. We're going to, you know, something horrible has happened and they're going to go get somebody to go, you know, he's got to go figure it out. Talk, And now that there was, and he had done an exorcism that went wrong that he's plagued with. Um, but they just, they just go through, it's just like walking through and seeing the nun and her getting trying to be dragged into this area where the nun is and they find this <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's like a a necklace full of Jesus Christ's uh blood. And that's the only thing that's going to save them. And so like the, a vial of blood? A, or a, like it's, it's made out of Yes. It's oh. it's it's a vial of Jesus Christ's blood. And it's there. And so they find it and um Makes no sense to me, but she, the the little girl who finally ends up taking her vows. On the level of makes sense, is it above or below Da Vinci Code? Below. Okay. Mm. Um, Tessa Farmiga mm-hmm. is in this. She's from... She is the only... She's AMC. Walking Dead? No. No. She plays Norman Bates's Oh, Bates, Bates Motel. 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 Yeah. yeah uh, she's in also something Norman, else, Norman too. Norman Bates's mother. She's also in something else that Kendra kind of leaned over and said, oh, she's in this. Dang it. Um, but she's in this movie. Um, she's the only actress that I knew. Um, yeah, I'm even looking it up, and she is not in something that I have seen. No. Anyway, but I, I have seen her in something, which is, that's, that's kind of odd. It takes a downward spiral. I laughed out loud a couple of times, which I, people were saying, Shh, you know, Kinder was like, be quiet. But she laughed out loud one time. So... That's what typically happens to me with horror movies because I found him so so ridiculous. It's so and ridiculous. It's like really. It's it's some of it was just absolutely insane, and then but the nun herself and the woman who plays the nun is terrifying. I mean, she's a terror. It's 
they did a great job with that visual. Um, so kudos to that, to them. Um, that's, this is something that would, we, we were laughing because not laughing, but Zoe would, this would scar Zoe for life. Um, she has a thing with eyes and this, the nun, her eyes are completely black. The nun is just not, she is terrifying. There is something weird about no color eyes, just black, deep eyes. Um, audience score on tomato was like 43. Tomato meter was 27. We decided to go anyway. Um, Kendra, or Kendra, I became strange. Um, Zoe <laughs> jumps into bed and she's talking to me about last night and she's like, well, how was the movie? <laughs> I said, which, which movie? I had already forgotten that. <laughs> <laughs> she said, didn't you go to a scary movie last <clears throat> night? I said, oh yeah. I had, she said, did you have a hard time sleeping? No. I mean, I had already, it's forgettable. I had, you know, I went on, I went on Facebook and said that I jumped and I laughed and, you know, it was kind of a good scare. And then today I went back and said, after thinking about it for a day, you know, it's, 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 it's flat. So, um, I would say if you're bored and you want something to do that's Halloween-ish, fine, just go. Just go and realize it's just going to be a whole bunch of little, some jumpy scares. I screamed one time. Some jumpy scares, but other than that, I mean, just sit home and watch The Exorcist. I mean, mm. that's the yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones out there. To, maybe that should be our next show. Well, Favorite horror movies. Well. As we get closer to I Halloween. didn't know if you were going to be up for that, so. Why would I not be up for that? I don't know because I thought somebody wasn't doing it. No, I don't. I haven't seen any really good horror film in a long time, so I'm waiting to find one that really excites me. So, if you have any ideas, or but you have horror films. I have some at home, yeah. Okay. Anyway, because it, it being October, but mm-hmm. so I'm saying no. I'm saying it was blah. And you talk about laughable moments. It's like the new Mike Myers trailer. I finally saw that, and I was <laughs> like, "This is." Oh, just we did too. We saw that. Dumb. I'm like, really. <laughs> Really? Jamie Lee was crying during the whole filming process. So I'm not sure if she was. I didn't read the article. You said Jamie Lee She's cried. She's crying because she got stuck in the damn movie again because. Contract? Or, I don't know. I don't know. She's doing something. <sighs> it looks. It looks dumb. It does. It doesn't look scary at all. No. I was not scared. A lot of times the the trailer can scare the shit out of you. I just want to be scared. No, none of the I've never been scared. And okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. Do you do you get scared ever though? No, I laugh or I get uncomfortable because I'm bored and I feel like I want to leave, but I feel really bad leaving, so I sit there uncomfortable, shifting and trying not to fall asleep. I mean, I can understand that. I want to see a really good horror film. I haven't seen one in a very long time. I want to be scared. I think it depends on what scares you. Like uh, some people, I don't like that. I don't like slasher films, and uh, some people are scared of exorc like um, what's that called? Not exorcisms, but things that require exorcisms. Demon <laughs> possession. Demon possessions. Thank you. Um, some people are scared of uh, mental uh, hospitals that have been deserted, and people have to go in there. Like um, the one we have down 
Yeah. Um, some yeah. people are scared of uh, paranormal activities or ghosts. See, I have no fear. Or... That's probably what it is. That nothing scares me really. I just want to jump. Nothing makes me jump. It's just like okay, that popped out of there in the corner. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, I was. I. You know, there were some movies that I saw that terrified me, and I watched now. And I'm kind of. Hmm. I mean, when the ring came out, I was terrified. It was just so weird. And I never seen anything like it. It was just bizarre. I'll save most of this for a future conversation. But my biggest problem with most horror films is they show too much. There's too much exposition. I like the things that are just so long drawn out that you don't know what the heck is happening. So your mind is actually creating more of the experience than what the actual film is doing. My problem is is they don't. They're not. The DOP isn't. It's not working well. Or they need to be following. We need to be. The audience needs to be the character walking through the film. Once you swing that camera around and then show the front of that, that person and you've shown the room, I'm not scared anymore. Mm. When they lead from the back, they keep the, keep the camera in the back and you're walking through as well and you're waiting for something. That is what I'm terrified. What a first person experience. Interesting. Hmm. But they did this. They did one with uh, Elizabeth Olsen that I believe was in one take. The entire movie, there was not a single cut, and it was a scary film. Um, I believe that. Yeah. So I watched it because of that. But um, it was it was okay. It, didn't, it wasn't very scary, but it was really cool. They did it in one take. Anthony. So, <clears throat> I've been doing a lot more reading than watching, but I did catch on Netflix recently, Maniac. Um, this is a new series that's all over Netflix because they couldn't get away from it, even though I wanted to. Um, it uh, stars Jonah Hill, Emma Stone, and Justin Thoreau. Um, created by Patrick Somerville, and it's directed by Carrie Joji Fukunaga. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a series about two strangers who meet during a pharmaceutical drug trial. Um, spoiler alert, Jonah Hill has schizophrenia, so he's constantly, uh, you know, visualizing and imagining, hallucinating that his brother is speaking to him. It's his brother, just with a mustache, and Emma Stone is playing a woman who's kind of trying to cheat the system a little bit. Um, it's visually stunning. I'm not going to spoil anymore, because you have to watch it. But The Twitter feeds yeah. are hilarious. <laughs> you have to read the Twitter feeds about this show. Have you? That's, mm-hmm. Because that's what made me want to watch the show. I started it last night. You get lost in it? Um, I started it, it was 15 minutes. It was after I watched Shame. Okay. I started Shame at midnight. Oh. I was screwed up last night big time. <laughs> but I'm going to sum this up very quickly for you. Watch Maniac on Netflix. I'm not going to, I can't, just, I love it. The visual style is awesome. It's just really engaging for me. It is and definitely for it, a limited. It's not for crowd. everyone. If you like twi- Twin Peaks, like that kind of bizarre weird whacked out what the hell's going on i have no idea but i'm willing to go on this journey with you go for it i liked it a lot so i say go for it did you watch the whole thing not yet i'm working my way through it i'll be finishing it tonight but i like what i like so far let me know what you think at the end how many episodes i think there's like say 10 or like more than i think 30 or an hour they're about 40 minutes ish 30 40 minutes so I think there's I've like heard, 10 or 13 episodes. I've heard there's a lot of press about it. 
That's why I wanted to watch it, but I, I just my brain couldn't do it. I like watching Jonah Hill play series. I mean, he was in Hell Caesar playing an accountant, which was different for him playing straight. So him playing straight again is kind of just great to see. And they have little weird things like they have ad buddies where you can't afford things, you can pay for an ad buddy, and it's basically a gentleman or a woman who sits next to you wherever you are and constantly berates you with advertisements and. It's just that interesting. And <laughs> so you're being assaulted verbally by an ad person, literally. So your ad buddy paid for your fare to, on Subway, and you had to sit down and listen to them <laughs> bombard you with advertisements, they like spam. <laughs> so. They have like these Twitter feeds that are... I just finished episode five, and I still have no idea what's going on. You know, things like that, which cracked me up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so... Just watch it. It's good. It'll be a good time. I'll put it on my list. All right. Well, we'll be right back after this short break from our sponsor. For you, the listeners of the Cultural Stew Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. My experience with Audible has been a pretty good experience. Um, However, lately I have not been able to find the time to actually listen to something. But you know who has? Me. What have you been listening to? Okay, so I finished uh, a book in pretty pretty quickly. The Wife Between Us. Uh, I don't know what it's like in paper form. Uh, You know, paper form is different than having somebody read it to you. But I really enjoyed it. I was hooked. And uh, I was introduced by Greer Hendricks. So um, I do, I did appreciate the fact that it's not giving anything away, but there is definitely a twist at the end. And I thought, that's very clever. Very, very clever. And uh, so, and then um, it's, you think the wife between us is about one thing and then it, you realize what's going on. And it, I, I liked the fact that it constantly changed on me. I didn't, I couldn't say, oh, I know what's going on. Okay, well, this is what's going to happen. So then the book I'm reading now or listening to now is Like I Liked My Life by Abby Fabashi. Sorry, Fablashi. I'm going to. I hope that's the way you say her name. Happy F. <laughs> okay. And um, this is interesting. Um, they have lots of, you know, don't, it's not a trigger. It's not a trigger. It's very strange. But it's told from the mother of this book has committed suicide and uh, by jumping off a, a, a building. And um, we hear from her. It's kind of. Um, it, it's reminiscent of the movie and the book that came first about the girl that gets, I just had it this morning. Kendra had it with me and I can't remember what it was, but anyway, she is trying to have her husband uh, marry someone else. Like she's trying to pick her, her husband's next wife. Um, And she talks to her, like she's dealing with watching her family and how they're dealing with her death. Oddly enough, we have no idea why she jumps off. So we still don't know why. She seems pretty, I mean, she seems like a great mom. She 
it, you know, we don't know why. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I am really enjoying it so far. So I liked my life. I would recommend that one so far. And where can people go to find these? Oh my goodness. It's audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. And what do they get if they go there? You get a free download and a free 30-day trial. What could be better than that? Nothing. I think free donuts would be awesome. But hey, a free audiobook and 30 days to listen to it. And then if you ever like choose to come back, you still have that audiobook because they gave it to you for free. And people, there are audiobooks out there that cost a ton of money. And you get it for free. They don't care. I mean, it could cost 60 bucks. That's, then you get it. So whether you're working around the house or you're at work and you need something to listen to or you like to listen to something on the weekend or, or you do chores around the house or, you're, or driving. you're going on a long trip, there are tons of things that can fill your... It's great for families, everything. So cool. Typically when I, I listen to most of my audiobooks is when I'm traveling, when I'm doing long trips. But. I listen to it with the girls. It makes the car ride go a lot faster and... I like the fact that we're listening to a book instead of them watching a movie. Not that that's bad, because we like movies. I'm just saying that uh, we want to put we're pushing books. So again, where can they go? They go to audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Head there today. Get it now. I just want to say one thing. I do read. I just don't listen to books yet. I make it to that point in the future. But I people have been asking me, Tony, don't you read? I'm like, I physically read books i like touching them so i'm not on that point of actually well unfortunately audible doesn't have a book rental service they have an audiobook right i'm just putting that out there no but i I like books too i still get books in the library and i get what you're saying but this is a different way to augment your experience i'm the slowest reader and this is also an easier way for me to get things done if i have a book in my hand i'm practically falling asleep and I can clean the house and, and do a whole bunch of stuff. And tapping into an audiobook that actually has the right narrator who does the right right, right approach to the book can oh, yes. make a world of a difference okay. of your interpretation of a book. I've, I've listened yes. to several books that I've read and I've enjoyed the audiobook much better because it takes my head out of it of like, you know, I create those voices. I create those things on my own. But to have somebody else doing it takes my energy out of like, okay, now I can actually just focus on the story instead of actually like, oh, what does this person sound like? What do they look like? Well, the guy who uh, was in um, Sense of the Lambs, who Dr. Tilton, I forget his name now. I should know his name because he was in Love Without Compassion too. But um, he was the doctor in uh, Sense of the Lambs. He narrated uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. And I was all excited listening to the preview. But then I found out that that was the abridged version of Midnight and not the full Mm -hmm. version. So. You know, you find things out, but do your homework. I mean, if there is a certain actor whose voice you really like, look them up. There's a good chance that they probably have done an audiobook. They also um, have samples. You right. can listen yep. to the sample, and if you don't like the book, you can return it. Right. So, just my piece this well. I mean, heck, I listened to it while I mowed the yard this week. Yep. Well, that is our Audible.
Moving into our stew. So, ladies and gentlemen, this topic is kind of touchy-touchy, literally. So, um, I'm going to mash our stew and our media of the week together into a nice little messy mess, which will be fun. Uh, today's stew is brought to you by me. Um, I want to know, is there still a place for sex scenes in movies? And if we agree that they should be in there, they shouldn't be, why they are there and why they aren't there. I'm coming at this from a writer's standpoint as well as from a viewer standpoint. So, Why don't you start it out? Um, should I? Maybe? Yeah. I, I like to kind of know you. I'll throw out my blanket statement. I have not seen a sex scene in a film where it's felt necessary to help move the story or plot along. Okay. In a fulfilling way? Would that be the right word? Probably I not. Have. Okay. I have. We'll figure that out. Um, so my point of view, um, coming from my writer's hat, I'm going to put that on right now. Um, we're always trying to find ways of telling, the, talking, explaining, exploring a character without using dialogue. Because film is a visual medium, so we want to express who this character is, who these characters are, physically, showing you rather than telling you. Like, oh, well, this person is, you know, passionate. And then on film, we can show you their passion. Um, so from that kind of point of view, the writer, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. As a viewer, though, I, like Ron, I agree. There have been a lot of sex scenes where you're like... Ridiculous. Ridiculous. A lot of sex scenes are very, 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 very bad. And <laughs> A lot, majority of the time, they have taken me out of what the story is. Right. Like, they've taken all the advancement and all the work they've done up to that and just thrown it away. There's hmm. now, and some... Some directors want the sex scene to get you to watch the film, like Blue is the Warmest Color, which is on our list of films. I've seen that film twice because I watched it as a, you know, writer-director, and then I watched it as the audience member. Kind of flip-flop that. But uh, there's the sex scene in that film, literally, where it goes on and on and on and on between the two female characters. It's eight minutes. And it's way too long. And it gets to the point where it's uncomfortable. Like, it's like we're watching something we shouldn't be watching. And I guess that was the point he said. But the actresses said they felt exploited. And that's why a lot of people watched the film because, you know, Leah Sedu and Adele uh, were... It's three hours long. ...felt uncomfortable. The film was way too long to begin with, but I love French cinema, I do. But this guy, I felt, exploited the actresses and it just went on forever. And it could have been trimmed down and it just got to the point where you're just seeing bodies together, mashed together, and it didn't make any sense. I agree. It could have been trimmed. Um, Out of three hours, I think they spend 20 20 minutes having sex. Right. Um, A lot of it is... You know, it's it's about a young girl who is trying to figure out her self yeah. and her sexuality, and she falls for uh, this girl. And um, I mean, she's a young girl. She's learning about her body, and she's learning about sex. And this is part of our. I mean, we're talking about the human condition. We're talking about being human, right? And a film and books, whatever. Um, to me, I feel like bringing in uh, something that explains or tries to explain how someone can feel towards someone, how they can actually be that vulnerable with somebody. That is, I mean, that's a big deal. And when a girl, well, when certain girls uh, are able to be that vulnerable with someone, it 
I mean, it changes you. It's, 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 it's an emotional change. I mean, at least for me, it was a complete emotional change. Like I, I, I felt like I had like some type of chemical change inside of me when. Well, you do. And I, um, you feel closer. I mean, I felt closer, but I was also with people that I loved and loved me. So, um, I felt like, yes, they were long, but in a way, um, and yeah, they did say, the actresses did say that they felt embarrassed, which I don't like. I didn't like that. Right. Um, I felt like if they're, I mean, they did enough. They did, yes. They did enough. And I felt like, okay, so if we can cut this shorter for them, can we just try to make it better for them? Because they, they do a lot there. And um, I think I think a lot of people who, if you rent this and fast forward, trying just to get to these these moments you're missing the point of the whole movie and i'm sad for you that's why i think people watched the film because they heard about all that controversy that's why a lot of people i did not even know about it when i watched the film i heard about it because they cons they would want to cons i'm aware of that and i said okay and i was going to watch it and then this whole news broke about them feeling uncomfortable it's okay well now I have to put on different hats now. Mm-hmm. And I have to watch it as a writer-director now and then a writer. And what you're saying about that whole so they connected to someone, that brings me to Moonlight because Moonlight had a scene in it too where the two gentlemen are on the beach. And it's basically, you know... I didn't see it. You haven't seen but it. But Kendra did. There's a scene where they're on the beach and they're, it's his first sex scene actually. And they don't show anything. It's kind of like English in America that they don't show anything, but, but they do. they're implying it. And you can see the facial expressions and you can see... You can thing. see other things too. I heard. Mm, not really. Kind of. It's not as. She said she Kendra felt uncomfortable. the The only fact is that when he, we're getting explicit, people, because yeah. we're talking about sex. I'm sorry. So if you don't want to listen to it, that's okay. Uh, he, he swallows, and then he is wiping from his mouth and so she felt that was really moonlight uh-huh that's what she said happened. i would have to i have not seen it okay um there's a scene that i parallels in america where lewis and um joe are kind of making love on the beach and there's a scene in moonlight where um our main character is here kyron and i forget his name now his best friend kind of lover in the film how they have during a moment on the beach too, and both times in my recollection we don't see much, but we see the, the how the emotion behind it and the vulnerability between these two characters, which plays out later on in the film when you know, and it's funny, both characters are attacked by the ones that they love. Lewis is attacked by Joe, and you know, Chiron is attacked by his would-be lover too, betrayed in a sense. So. Again, you feel that connection between those two because it builds that point. And then you're ripped out of it by forces of external peer pressure and just human nature, finding your tribe where you belong. And that can... Did they have um, a moment and then they weren't together? They were together and then they were fine. And then the next day or so, our main character in Moonlight was harassed and harassed and harassed. And then they all gained up on him and he was beat up. And the guy who he loved and who loved him beat him up too. Okay. So, so that's the other thing about um, Blue 
is a woman's color is the fact that we realize how close she gets to her and then she moves on. Right. The girl moves on and I physically ached for her. I mean, I just felt horrible for her. So having these vulnerable moments, um, yes, you can film it where you where they're vulnerable and you can tell that it is a moment of mm, a connection right is made intimate connection and then um there are people that use it um because they just want to feel something different as in monster's ball right where she has just lost her son in a horrific way and the pain that she feels and the loss that she feels is overwhelming her. She just wants to feel something else. Um, I'm sorry. Played we are, Bob Thornton in the film. Yeah, we're speaking of the beautiful... Halle Berry. The, thank you, Halle Berry, who won the Best Oscar day. for this. Um, so Billy Bob Thornton is there and she, you know, she's... I you know, make me feel good. Um Make me feel good. She just keeps telling him that while they're starting to have sex. And it, I mean, to me, I understood it. Why she just needed something else to feel anything. It's the same as, I mean, this sounds, it's the same as maybe cutting yourself or whatever. Right. She's using it almost as like a, I mean, because it wasn't exactly, it wasn't love. No. It wasn't. It was basically, I just, I just need to feel something else. So make me feel good. So or anything I, at all. Yeah. So I felt like um, that was something that was needed. I made a list of, of movies that I felt like where they were needed. And then I made a list where um, they weren't. Right. Um. And then I had a little tiny list where I struggle with and I have a hard time watching these movies because I, um, when they use sex in movies, which is good for people to understand uh, when they use it to show molestation and and they get graphic with that. That's very hard. I watched Precious, which was probably one of the hardest movies I've ever had to watch, ever. I don't know if I finished. I, it, it was just, have you seen it? That movie has a lot of trigger warnings they should have put out for it. I mean, there's it's, abuse, there's incest, there's just so many things that go on in that film that trigger different parts of you or people so in general. horrific. But... It left me feeling probably exactly the way the director wanted me to feel, you know, and I feel like um, when they have those movies, there's actually uh, one of Little Children also has some strange things going on and you feel so sick inside um, that I feel like that that's what the director was wanting. I felt like... Um, I watched Requiem for a Dream, and that one also, well, aside from making me never, ever want to touch drugs in my life. That's the point. Um, 
I, I remember watching this. I was probably early 20s and I had to actually stop the movie and go outside and look around and be like, okay, this is real. This is real. Okay. And then I had to go back in and watch the movie. I mean, that I have that exact same shirt, by the way. Crush. The orange crush shirt. Sorry. Random. Um, but that movie is so hard to watch. And they, but it shows the drug scene and the horrific things that people will do to get drugs. And you feel disgusting. It, you feel I felt absolutely what is the thing, trashed. Too, you, you have to understand that some directors are trying to make a point by having these scenes in their movies, that there is an artistic point to yeah. it. And there are some directors who just want to get people to see. So they want you to feel a certain way. They're trying to arouse you or get you stimulated. And this is the way by doing it, by putting nude bodies and having them have sex together and making it eye candy, I guess is like, the word I would say. Um, uh, I, th- I think that's a very fine line. There is. Because even those that are just putting bodies in the seats will say it's art and they're doing it for the art. Right. And like I mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of times it just, it pulls me right out of the movie and I just really like, you know, scenes are either way too long or they have nothing to do with advancing the plot of the right. movie. Well, there's there some- are these lone exceptions yeah. like this, but I don't think it that's more of the exception than it is the norm. Right. Like the color purple. I mean, that was needed. Um, atonement had to happen. Right. Fatal attraction had to happen. That was why she goes crazy. And in a way, it was fantastic because what was the movie? And he says, fatal attraction, that scared the shit out of every man that ever, <laughs> you know, that ever saw that movie. Um, Black Swan, uh, they have a scene between Mila Kunis and... Uh, Natalie Portman. Thank you. I love Natalie. And it's just to show the fact that she's she's so screwed up. And um, I didn't have a problem with that. Um, nine and a half weeks. <laughs> nine and a half weeks is about a nine and a half week stint of a relationship where a woman gets into something where she is intrigued by and pulled into and can't get out of and then finally gets the strength to break up with this person. And um, so I don't know. I I don't mind that. But I know a lot of people watch Nine and a Half Weeks just because it's a joke. Oh, you watch the movie because it's, you know, full of all these sex scenes, whatever. Um, Brokeback Mountain, I... I felt like I didn't have a problem with that. That was necessary, in my opinion, um, it, for what it was and under, the understanding of the passion and then that, that lust feeling that it, it could bind all that together, together for me. Um, there's a film called Kids came out. Oh, my God. Uh, Lenny Clark. I, that's the first time I ever, I, that's the first, my first experience, <sighs> actually. Um, so watching that film, at the time I thought, this is too much. But then looking back now, I'm older. I kind of understand what was going on in that film and understanding why he made those choices and why it was in your face. And at the time when I was young watching it, I said, wow, there's a lot of sex. It was in your face. I watched kids in the movie theater when I was in college and I remember walking out feeling sick. But the last scene is why the entire movie is made. Right. And in a way, 
I, I wish it wasn't so explicit because it'd be great for every teenager to watch that movie. What is his sequel? I say Bully, which he was kind of in the same spirit of that film. It's kind of the same thing where there's a lot of gratuitous sex scenes in it, but there's also there's a point to why he's making. So people say, oh, Lenny Clark's exploitative, but there's a reason and method to why he's showing what he's showing. Even in kids, there wasn't flat out nudity at all. It was kind of yes, obscure. Well, I mean, not to the point where you're like, wow, these kids are being exposed. Like this is right. Classically, you know, covered up, but it's still in your face, still showing you the lengths that young people are going and what they're doing, and that I, that I guess, made me sick just because I, I, I. That's a totally different lifestyle I've I've never seen, right. and for me to bring that in and realize, oh shit, you know, kids have no idea what the hell they're doing. Right. I mean, it's it, it's an excellent film to watch. Uh, it's just hard, and I think it, that makes a point. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like those things are good. Um, the ones that were not needed, Bobby, body, uh, body of Evidence uh, with Madonna was ridiculous. Fifty Shades, any of those, I don't care. <laughs> Fifty Shades is built on it. Um, <laughs> I don't this, know if they could have had those movies without having those um, scenes. <laughs> Human Centipede, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, sliver, sliver with William Baldwin, Sharon Stone, Porky's. I don't understand. Oh my God, Porky's! I haven't oh seen my that God, in a long time. don't look now with Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie, 1973. Kendra and I watched that because we felt that it was a scary movie, and all at once, here's a sex scene, which now is rumored to be that they actually had sex during the scene. But we're sitting there and we're, what, what's happening right now? Like. This sex scene we just put in the movie. It's not even about that. So that was weird, strange. That that's a theme with like a lot of the late seventies and eighties movies. Right. It's just random sex scenes thrown into a movie. Ugh. It's like what the weird Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Ugh. I mean just splice. That was nasty. Um even Titanic didn't really need the sex scene because we felt the we felt the love already. I don't know if we really needed to have them make love in the car. Um, it's Jim Cameron. I guess there was a sex scene in Avatar? Yes. I didn't see it. I, yeah. I can't remember that. Yeah, I'm sure. There's some weird, I mean, some, yeah, there's some, there's some. You gotta tap on those PG-13 boys. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta. And then an NC-17, just steer clear. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I mean, is kids NC-17? No, no children, warm, 17 and older. Warm, uh, blue is warmest color is in 17, I believe. I don't think it is. And um, there's a movie, there's two movies. I wouldn't be surprised if it is by the way you described it. Two movies, um, Nymphomaniac, one Typically if there's graphic yes. over a certain amount of time, they instantly label it as NC-17. Nymphomaniac, one and two, and Shame even. are very similar where they're dealing with somebody who has... An addiction. An addiction to sex. Um, I hadn't... So this is interesting. I had not seen shame, shame in years. And when I when I remembered shame, I was thinking of Fassbender uh, and... Give me her name. Sorry, I'm tired. Yeah, I know you're talking about... You're talking about the... Um, oh, my gosh. Carrie. Carrie Mulligan. Um, and the... 
screwed up relationship that they had. That's all I remembered was that and the ending, which is very hard to watch um, with her. But the entire ends, the entire part where he is having sex with random everything, and then the end is like crazy sex scenes. Like, but you, he's so addicted. Like the guy is, it's sex all the time. Like he can't help it. It's like he's addicted. He has to watch it on film, and he goes and like he finds um, people, and yeah, he uh, has to. Uh, masturbate during work because he can't go that long without having mm-hmm. that release. And then uh, Nymphomaniac. Have you seen Nymphomaniac? I couldn't get it past the title, but continue. Oh, but Nymphomaniac, actually, in the first one I thought was good. The second one, eh. But uh, deals with a woman who gets, uh, she's telling actually a priest about her life because he finds her. She's been beat up and he finds her and he is kind of um, making her better and she's sitting there telling him the story of her life and it's I, I actually liked it the first one okay so well that kind of wraps up what we we're talking about that I mean there's a fine line like Ron said about tastefulness and just in your face you know sex I guess pointless mindless sex and movies and I think that there will be a balance in the future. That's why I brought it up. I think we're getting to the point now in society where we're getting to the point where we don't want to see as much or we're kind of withdrawing back. I don't know. The more I, I've been seeing and a lot of filmmakers are saying there are better ways of... With the Me Too movement still surging, I think that we're going to start seeing that scaled back a little bit more. I hope so. Um, I mean, I, I, I... It's going to, yeah. Watching these movies and all at once you're sitting there with your parents... Because somebody has messed up and decided that they're going to watch this movie because they heard about it and you're sitting there. It can be pretty awkward. Mm-hmm. I watched Kids with my dad. That's when I first watched it. And oh, my God. So, um, I was by myself. My dad was like, this is what HIV is. After this is what HIV is. This is yes. what it is. And he explained everything to me after the movie was over. So That's we why. We had that kind of dialogue, understanding. But. Children not, kids not getting it. But, yeah. So, I think... You can go either way, and it's always going to be there. I think we need some accountability is all. I, as a writer-director, I think we need to explain. and We don't need a committee. We just need to say, why is this scene in here? We need actors and actors to stand up and say, why is this movie in here? Why is this necessary? Let's question the writers, question the directors, because if it's just there for their satisfaction, then we can toss that out. Can I tell you just I, real quick? I know we're trying to wrap up, but Kendra had this fascinating fact that I just want to tell you, that Fifty Shades of Grey is actually based on fan fiction of the sex scene in Twilight where they destroyed the bed in Breaking Dawn, the book. And so she started writing these fan fiction, A.L. James, um, and she started in 2012, um, totally based on that scene alone. And that is where she came up with <laughs> that whole thing. It was in Business Insider, uh, February of 2015. I'm just, I was just in case he okay. said, "Really, where'd you find that out?" I, I heard about that. I, that was something I heard about. That was a good ago. impression. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody, I even said something in Wendy. He said, "Do you have? Do you have that?" Uh, mark? Sources, sources, sources. Because Tony's gonna, Tony's gonna just like really. I heard that actually. I've read that. On, okay. Yeah. 
It's just Grayson bizarre. Grayson has read all the books and said, oh, these are fascinating. I'm like, I bet I'm not reading any of them, but thanks for sharing. I didn't read Twilight. Grace's read Twilight, read Harry Potter, and read um, Fifty Shades, all of them. And she's like, okay, this is exciting. Like, I, whatever you want. To I only read Harry Potter. Okay. But uh, that's my little... So what is the... The overall is... Overall, I want more accountability with sex scenes and just love scenes and nudity in general. If they're necessary, then we need to, by all means, do it. But if we're just doing it because a director wants to see so-and-so naked, which was the case usually in the past where a director or writer wanted to see so-and-so in that way. And yeah, I, th- I think there's definitely been a change over the last maybe decade yeah. in, in their use and their accountability in that use that, you know, it's, you know, the sex between a man and a woman isn't as important as when it's telling a story of a man and a man or a woman and a woman right. because their their stories and where they've come from are, you know. I know what you mean. At, yeah, you know where I'm going. Yeah. With, yeah. People know what they're saying. People know what they're seeing when they're seeing body heat. They know what they're seeing when they're going to go see mm-hmm. Sharon Stone. Some of the things that keep way the audience excited or is getting gay. I think when it makes you when it makes you uncomfortable or it makes you start thinking deeper, then yeah, it has a point. But when it's just there, just to excite be you a flashpoint yeah. or like, like Last Tango in Paris. Don't talk about that movie, okay? That was just totally weird. <laughs> it was Marlon what was, the hell Marlon. was that? Yeah, butter. Um, yeah. So that's my take on it. I just want more accountability. I think we will get there. And I, I think I that totally as a writer, director, it's my responsibility to keep those things out there so we're aware. You can make a connection with that. Yes. That. So, yeah. That's, there we go. That was easy peasy. Yeah, do you have any? <laughs> so the next show. I said something like, <laughs> topic I, in. I said, you know what? This I just don't see Ron talking a lot today. About the stuff. He said his eh, point just don't really. I just don't really, yeah. It's not very poignant to me. I, I, it's just, it. I go back to it. It takes me out of the plot and the story more often than that's not. That's important to know. Unless you you're that. watching a certain type of film that's yeah. meant to do that. I'm making a broader statement of them being used in general. I understand. Um, you know, you, you brought out good films where... Yeah, it does advance the plot of it. But like even for something for Monsters Ball, I thought it was too drawn out for what it needed to be. You know, it was I think it was almost a three minute scene. It was like I didn't I I didn't as I don't know, as a woman, I guess, and now as a mom, because I watched it first as not a mom and now I can see why. I mean, I could probably start crying right now, but I can see why she just needed to be out of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billy Bob, man, he's the one who's going to get it done. Sorry, I didn't make that dirty. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that um, her repeating what she said is telling the audience, this is why. This is why we're doing this. Just, I just want to feel good. Make me feel good. But I don't need a sex scene in any of my hero movies to make me like a hero movie. No. Which so. is good. They don't have them in there. But uh, yeah, let you know, Superman 2 had a scene, but they didn't show anything, but they had the aftermath. Anyway, moving on. So um, Next show topic belongs to Valerie. It does. I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> have it uh, yet. I'm sorry. I 
I'm sure that it's going to be It's going to be about the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. (laughs) No, it's not. I'm sure it's going to be great. And I will. I promise to post it on our website. Um, I did post some stuff on there. I posted some trailers that we talked about last time. I'll post those trailers that we talked about this time if you want to go look. Um, And they'll also be in the notes. Yes. So. Yeah, I'm just saying that I actually po- I posted the links if they wanted to go do it, when to go see the trailers. And I will post next times because I, I want to sit and think about it. I don't want to just like blurt it out. But yeah. Just blurt it out. I don't want to blurt it out. But yeah, good good topic. All right. Very interesting. All right. Let's reach into our grab bag. What's in the kid's corner? Kid's corner. Okay. This is... Uh, a, neck, a show called Where Are We? No, that's not what it's called. The oh, who. Uh, sorry. <laughs> the Who Was show. It's actually on Netflix. It's excellent. Um, it t- teaches you about historical figures. They normally mix two together. For instance, one episode has Gandhi and Benjamin Franklin. Um, and they show the differences and their similarities. And uh, it's very clever, very good for kids, teaches them a lot about historical figures, and it's fantastic. It's on Netflix, so it's extremely um, educational. I really recommend it. Okay. Uh, Score of the week, I got nothing, but I know Anthony does. So Wild Wild Country, our favorite documentary, dropped their soundtrack last week. So I've been listening to that a lot, and it's kind of just brings me back to flashbacks of watching the series all over again. It's something I use when I work out, and um, it just has that really bombastic, like, heavy, steady rhythm I like. And Who is the composer? I should know that, and I don't. Give me a second. Um, Brock Way, I think his name is. Hmm. I think. Give me a second. I think, yeah, Brock Way is the composer's name. What book are you reading? You said you were reading some books. I'm reading a lot of plays and a lot of... Um, what plays are you reading? Um, right now, I'm going to kick with Arthur Miller. So, um, Which ones? Uh, let's see, Death of a Salesman, obviously. Um, All My Sons, because, you know, that's always interesting. Um, Crucible is always a good time for me. Not in a good ha-ha way, but like in like... All allegory. My Sons I've never read. Um, you should read it. Okay. It's good. Um, so Interesting. Also, if you go on Audible, I think they have some plays that are like performed. They do have a few. Mm-hmm. a few. That are, so, but they need more. More. Well, send in those suggestion boxes. Say, hey, we want more. I think it's about licensing because I don't think they would yeah, want you uh, doing yeah. that. But yeah. But they do have. Um, Oscar Wilde's on there a lot. They do have a, a, a live feed of listening to Sam Shepard's Pulitzer Prize winning play. True West? Mm-mm. Buried Child? Yes. Buried Child. So that's there. I listened to that. In the game world, um, still finishing up Spider-Man. Uh, I'm in love with this. <laughs> is it relaxing for you or is it more like... Oh, it's it's great. It's okay. just, it's, it's immersive in terms of like just being a superhero and going around the city. And so I'm, all, I'm that- on the final believe I'm in the final boss okay. with Doc Ock and I'm trying to finish it up because Red Dead Redemption is coming down the line <laughs> and it's a 105 gigabyte install so I need to clear up some space so to, yeah. 
And this is on a PlayStation Four or Xbox One. Mm. Well, no, for no. Uh, Spider Man's Spider Man is PlayStation Four only. Sucks. Makes me want to buy a PS4. You should buy one. It is so much but fun. But I just don't have. That's a lot of. You will get hooked and you'll like it. That's a lot of money and a lot of time. You get it used. Yeah, I'll look into that. Anyway, so what do we have? So, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. In our quickly. Oh, she's taking over the show. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go quickly then. Let me um, the radar. What's in your queue? Tony, you're up. Here's the thing. Uh, Saber season, Sabres Nation is coming back this Thursday. So our Buffalo Sabres will start their first game of the season Hockey. on Thursday. So I'll be watching that, of course. Um, the uh, WWE is having their great Royal Rumble on Down Under Australia show, which is supposed to be their second WrestleMania ever. Um, I'll be watching that. I think it's a week or two from now. So Trish and I'll be watching that, which will be fun. Where do you um, watch it? We watch it in our homes on TV. <laughs> Dude. You have to purchase the WWE Network. It's oh, nine ninety nine okay. a month. Got Subscribers it. only. Okay. Um, what else? That's what you were listening to. We already talked about that. We talked about what you're reading. And what's in your queue? I have nothing in my queue. Radar. Radar. Oh. R is for R. R is for radar. Oh, Black Klansman is on my radar to finish watching. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Black Klansman. I mean, I don't know yet. I just, I, Maniac, I'm going to finish, too. That's true. Um... Last Man Standing had his season premiere this past week, so I have to watch that either tonight or sometime this week before it does his thing. Um, Which one is that? Is that Tim Allen's oh. show's back? So, um, and we'll see. So, okay. How about you? Um, here it was. Here it was. <laughs> it, it was like it was. It was a Friday night. It was a great night to go watch a movie. We went to go see The Nun. And I still have not seen The Wife and the Bookshop. So I was kind of like, okay, <laughs> let's go see The Nun. But you know what? Jason was excited about it. I, You know, yeah. I always pick the movie. Um, well, and with him in and out, when you can have that opportunity to go see a movie together, take it. So is L for listening? Hmm? L is for listening, correct? Mm-hmm. What you're listening to? Okay. So as you may not have heard, Paul McCartney dropped an album that became number one on the billboard. Uh, what album? Egypt Station. Okay. So it's called Egypt Station. I love it. And uh, it was another one of those universal, like, pushes. So it was, yeah, he has a movie, or sorry, he has a song that says, that's called Do It Now. And it's all about, if you've got these things, if you got, the, you know, if you have these things going in your life, you need to do them now. Do them now. I'm like, okay, I get it. I was walking during the time. Um, and of course, Audible. Uh, that's what I'm listening to as I liked my life. And then on my radar, I'm going to finish The Sinner. And I don't know what else um, I can, I have in my, oh, I wanted to start This Is Us because I think they started, I had the, they had their Just first started, episode. Yeah. I'm going to watch that. Okay. Um, I, like I said, I finished Ozark. Loved it. Highly recommend it. I Both seasons. It, they were, um, it was good. I was happy that the second season was good. I like how the, the... Wow. Sorry. I like how the second season ended. Um, I did too. Not the direction I thought it was going to go, so I was pretty happy. Um, but tried out The Good Cop on Netflix with Josh Groban in it and Tony Danza. And I just, I got four episodes in and I'm like, ah, I'm not going to put any more time into this. You lasted a long time. I lasted one episode. 
Oh, I usually give something a couple episodes. I know you guys have talked about it if you can't get through one episode, but it was just it was so bad. It's like every cop show, mm. good cop, yeah, type thing. I can't believe. Sorry, I'm listening. I can't believe I didn't do Stars Born. And did you see? You just you know, you're yeah. taking my thunder. I am. <laughs> and all right. So in, into my <laughs> into God. My, um, serial three is back. Um, on podcasting, so season three okay. of Serial is on, and this one deals is with in and out of the court system in Ohio. So they deal with like different cases and the like the background on them. I'm liking it so far. Serial two is boring. I couldn't do it. <sighs> Sorry, but couldn't do it. That's back on. Um, as I said earlier, Pod Save America and Stay Tuned with Preet are kind of really good right now. Okay. Um, Especially as like the country gets more in turmoil, <laughs> they seem to be really on top of their game because these guys are smart. They are very in tune with everything they that. do. That helped me. Um, and Pod Save America has a little bit of jokes here and there that help. help the levity a little bit. Um, on my radar, the next two weeks, there are four big movies coming out, and I don't know how the heck I'm going to get to see all of them. Um, the highest one on my list so far is Bad Times at El Royale. Um, Drew Goddard's uh, movie, and I'm really looking forward to that one. That comes out October 5th. Also, Venom comes out the same day, and Star is Born, Bradley Cooper's directorial debut. Well, Star is Born, yeah. Can do already. Already. We're going to have to probably get a babysitter and go. We have to go see that. You can actually um, buy tickets now Yeah, for that. Yep. And just remember, it opens on Thursday. I know. So you can get in on Thursday and just say, because they say they open on Friday, you can get in on Thursday. And then your last one, which is And then October 12th, uh, First Man opens. So So I got to get IMAX tickets for that one, but it's just, I don't know where I'm going to find time to get all these in. Um, Because every time I go, it's in the middle of cross country season right now. So we're picking up our kid at 530, six o'clock at night or eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night, depending on if she has a meet and then. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're tired. So it's I know, like, but you have to see it. So we have but to. Then everything to comes it. out on Thursday, and I'm not going to be here Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So it's like, mm. if I don't go Thursday, then I got to shift it to the following week, and then the following week is just complete garbage in terms of I have no time. So but, four yeah. movies to try to fit in within the next two weeks. Don't think it's going to happen. So the first man in IMAX is going to have to be a must. Yeah, El Royale and Venom and First Man are probably going to be the ones that go on there, and then Star Is Born will be. Once I can carve You'll out some time, time with the wife where we can just sneak out and go see it on like a Sunday afternoon. Okay. Um, and good then good. in the queue, finish up Castle Rock, um, which again, I don't know how that's going to even be possible as now the TV shows are starting to come back on and the DVR begins to fill. So I think I have like another four weeks until cross country season stops. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed that they're doing cross country. That's great. Oh, she loves it. She, yeah, we just had. Oh, that's fantastic. That was, I don't think I said that in the beginning. The Quaid Invitational was this weekend. It's right. insane. 7,000 kids from 262 schools all come to Rochester and run. My uh, friend Karen just ran the uh, marathon, uh, the, the wine. Today? Wine glass? Yeah, the wine glass. Karen Ning. Okay. And then her mother ran um, as well. Um, her mother, Debbie Erpland. Uh, these are fantastic women. And I, I, I think I, I thought she ran the full marathon, but maybe she ran the half. I have to get that confirmed. But 
this woman got married and she had a baby and then she's like, okay, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm like, Ugh. it's like one of those people that, and she's sweet and beautiful and wonderful and they have a great family. It's like disgusting. So she did a fantastic, <laughs> I'm proud of her. I'm very happy for both of them. The fact that her mother went out and did that is very like her and awesome. So congrats. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up our show. Right. Yep. Where can we find you? At home. At home alone. No, I'm just kidding. Um, just watch I out. She am, might have a Jason mask on. I know. VB Vidmar on Twitter and PennyLane64 on Instagram. And occasionally posting from our Facebook page. Occasionally. I'm trying to do more Twitter with that, mm-hmm. though. I'm trying to use Twitter more. I don't know what the kids are into right now. Snapchat. So, I don't do I'm Snapchat. I'm kidding. Don't do Snapchat. Invest. The kids are into anything that holds their attention for five minutes. Right. So Instagram could. I just like take a picture. This is what I'm watching. Boom. And then post it. So um, I'm on Instagram too. I've been hidden for a long time, but I finally decided to open the doors to my world. So oh my gosh. I know. Wow. Privacy settings are revoked. So, um, yeah, I'm on Facebook. You know, you can find me by my name, Anthony Carter, 167. Um, I'm also on Twitter, S-M-T-O-R-C-H-I-O. And I think my Instagram is the same thing. Just put in Anthony Carter. You'll see me wearing my Goalie Pro, you know, shirt, hoodie, whatever I want to wear because I'm working out. But, uh, yeah, you can find me everywhere. Just look my name up. Um, yeah. What is S-M-T-O-R-C-H-I-O? Scott, Scott Martin Torquio. It's my pen name. Oh, your pseudonym. That's fascinating. Yeah. Did not know that. Okay, we just learned something. I have a lot of day. Italian godmothers, so. That's of, cool. Yeah. All righty. Uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere as GF Media or at GF Media CEO. I've been pretty light on posting things as of late, unless it's been political, because I'm pretty upset at political climate Man, right now. I, um, so I liked a lot of your comments. I need way. to kind of go back to just like chilling out for a little bit, but there's been a lot of things that have been upsetting me. So that's kind of what's coming out of my. Twitter account. Everything else has been pretty low key. I've appreciated some of your comments. <sighs> I have. Almost, like I said, it's been a growing process for me. I mean, I I know, like, you know, I grew up as a Mormon. I grew up uh, staunchly conservative. My parents are still strongly Republican, but you know, my views have changed. My, you know, Jason's parents. When you step way. out of the world, and you know, I'm surrounded by people who are living things that everything affects them. That's mm-hmm. happening. So how can you not mm-hmm. tap into that? Or how can you close the door on it and say, no, it's mm-hmm. not important? I understand. So uh, my basic political comes down to now is just don't be an asshole. Yeah. That's very, very <laughs> hard for I mean, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, some people revel in being assholes and some know, people restricting other president. people's. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, so if you want to listen to us, you can find us at culturalstew.net, at culturalstew.net on Twitter, and culturalstew on Facebook. Catch you later. The intro and break music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazir, available through the Creative Commons license from Free Music Archives. The outgoing music is provided by Epidemic Sound. 
Please see our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by. And also, as always, if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing, please contact us today. Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site, a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.